welcome to the FarmBeats podcast. FarmBeats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The FarmBeats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBeats followers. And welcome to another episode of the Farm Beats podcast. I'm Jose Cesario. And I'm Katie Bathke. And we are glad to have you with us as we continue exploring Nebraska Extension and the On Farm Research Network. Today, we are joined by Water and Integrated Cropping System Extension Educator, Nate Dursey. Through the On Farm Research Network, Nate works with producers to increase efficiency in cropping systems by adopting new technologies. With that in mind, let's hear more from Nate. Thank you very much for being here, Nate Dorsey. Uh, it's a pleasure for us to have you uh, sharing some knowledge about the Nebraska Extension with us. I will start with the first question here. So please share a little bit about your education and professional background, as well as what are you doing right now in the Nebraska Extension? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I uh, didn't really grow up in agriculture. Agriculture found me a little bit later. I didn't necessarily have any plans to have a career in agriculture, so I actually studied environmental science uh, for my bachelor's degree, which I completed at Brigham Young University in Utah. And I, I graduated and I started working for a soil and water conservation district in Virginia, which is where I actually grew up. And I really loved the opportunity to be outside. I enjoyed working with farmers every day um, and putting my uh, coursework to use, so to speak. I had a lot of coursework in soil science uh, in my undergraduate program. So I actually really loved it. And I went back and talked to, a, to an advisor of mine uh, at BYU, and he recommended that I consider possibly uh, a graduate school, um, specifically in, in the area of agronomy, with my interest in soils and, and kind of my background working with farmers. So uh, he put me in touch with uh, with someone who was looking for a student at Kansas State University, and I applied and got in. Uh, so I, I, I went to K-State. Uh, I really loved my time in Kansas. My research there was on nitrogen use efficiency in winter wheat. So again, I, you know, I really loved being outside, uh, doing research, working with equipment, um, working with my hands, and then really uh, learning a lot more about agriculture. And that's really where I would say I developed a strong passion for the industry. So I, I graduated, um, I was married, I had one, one child at the time, so was really looking at uh, starting my career in the agriculture industry. So I started uh, in the seed industry uh, initially, actually working in Hawaii. So I moved from Kansas, I moved my family to Hawaii. Uh, we lived there for a little while and absolutely loved it. Uh, Working in agriculture in Hawaii is kind of like the, the best of both worlds, I guess you could say. Oh <laughs> Working in the industry, but also in, in paradise uh, was amazing. Yeah. So it was a great place to start my career. I really loved it. Um, but I also had some, uh, I, I, I would say, just working more in the agriculture industry and developed also an interest in precision agriculture. Um, so I ended up moving from Hawaii to North Dakota and started working for a large John Deere dealership there as a um, agronomist initially, and then had an opportunity to, to advance um, and then start leading precision agriculture teams for that John Deere dealership. So uh, I led a team of precision ag uh, consultants in North Dakota and Minnesota for a couple of years. 
um, that dealership then moved me down to Arizona. So then I, I, I also uh, supervised another team of precision agriculture consultants there that helped farmers in Arizona and California. Uh, and then had the opportunity to come to Nebraska, come back to the Midwest, uh, working for a large irrigation uh, manufacturer here in Nebraska. And my role was uh, global research and development. So leading research, research and development of agriculture technology specifically um, throughout uh, the world. So I had, had the opportunity to travel a lot to places like uh, South Africa and then also lead projects in Brazil and Australia and all throughout North America. So uh, you know, I've had a really great career in precision agriculture um, and agriculture technology. I've, I've loved it, uh, but I've also have, a, I would say, a passion for educating others uh, and specifically working with the growers. And so that's really what led me to uh, joining Extension. So I'm, I'm actually a pretty new Extension educator. I uh, joined the university in February of this year, um, but I, I love the opportunity to work in my area in agronomy and precision agriculture, uh, but also really be focused on um, education and enabling growers. Wow, that's impressive. Seems that you've got a lot of experience and you like to travel a lot, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I've been all over. <laughs> yeah. That's really neat. I really like um, how you kind of told us about how you got into agriculture. I think that story is pretty similar to how I kind of came about it as well. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I guess our next question would be for those who may not be familiar with the extension system, what is your job as an extension educator and more specifically as a water and integrated cropping systems extension educator? Sure. So I would say, you know, being an extension educator is a pretty unique position in, in agriculture. For Nebraska Extension, I would say the focus of Extension educators is, is one, to share research-based information that's being generated from the university. So the university has a lot of really talented researchers um, in Lincoln, but also throughout the state that, that are focused on cutting-edge uh, research, you know, whether that's genetics or technology. And so one focus of being an Extension is helping share with farmers what those what we're learning as a university from, from that research and translating that in a way that farmers can understand but also uh, take action on their farms to improve their operations and their business. That, that's one aspect. Um, I guess on the flip side of that too is, is helping share some of that farmer experience, maybe things that they're struggling with and sharing that with those researchers to help guide some of the research projects that they're focused on, that, that they're working on so they can really be uh, having things that are relevant to farmers and, and what their needs actually are. The other is organizing educational programs. So one role of extension educators is to, to hold clinics and workshops and other types of large events, help share information with a, a, a broad audience. That can be the public, that can be farmers, um, policymakers, whatever the case might be. And then a third component of that as well is doing some on-farm research with local uh, farmers as well. So not only are we doing research, you know, you have researchers and professors at the university that, that have projects, but on-farm research is more of a, uh, I, I would get, I would say, more targeted and relevant. So and, and working more one-on-one -on -one with a farmer with a specific question or or thing, thing that they're interested in, and helping them do that in a way that's actually statistically sound so they can have good results and information based off of that. So that's a, a, another thing that I uh, myself and other extension educators focus on. That's amazing, Nate. That's amazing. And it's really cool how the Nebraska Extension has these connections with the growers around 
and how they can uh, deal with the solutions depending on each area, right? And so with that, would you mind describing a little bit about your area, your region your that you cover as extension educator? Like what crops have the farmers been working there? It is more dry land, irrigated. What kind of soils you guys are dealing if it's like more sandy soils? Does it rain a lot there? Could you describe a little bit for us about that? Sure. So I guess I should mention that I'm the extension educator for Dodge in Washington counties in Nebraska. So we're eastern Nebraska. I would say that it's pretty traditional corn and soybeans. There's not a whole lot of diversity. And that's one thing that I know that that as as university extension and the university in general is really uh, trying to encourage growers to consider thinking outside of the box. You know, what other types of opportunities do we have to diversify the corn and soybeans? Um, are, are the primary crops in my area. Um, in terms of irrigation, there's there's a decent amount of irrigation, more than I would have expected. Uh, I would say that's probably about 80% dry land and 20% center pivot irrigation uh, in, in my area. There There is pretty good precipitation. So I would say that on average uh, in this part of the state, there's 28 to 30 inches uh, of, of rainfall or, or precipitation per year. So the, the, the land that is irrigated, uh, you know, the, those pivots will run when it's dry or really hot in the summertime, um, but they're primarily there as, as, I would say, crop insurance, <laughs> making sure that we have water when you really need it. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of soils, we have, I would say that there, there's not a whole lot of diversity, I would say, in my area. There is some, some change in topography. We have some... Uh, you know, low lowland areas kind of along the Platte River, uh, which are more of like a silty clay loam, I would say. Uh, pretty rich, great agricultural soils that we also have uh, some, some topography going into more of a, some kind of like less hills that would go more towards the Missouri River um, that we would, I would say more of like a silt loam type of soil there. So they're all in all, I would say great. Uh, we're, this area is blessed with really great soil. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I guess off of your UNL personal profile, there are some keywords associated with your name. Those are irrigation and water management, soil health and sustainability, crop production, and pest management. Can you explain to us how you work with or relate to some of those things? Sure. I would say that as an extension educator, myself and most of the other extension educators in the state probably do have areas that they specialize in based off of you know, their education, but also professional experience, whether that was gained in industry or, or what they've done uh, what, during their time at the university. But overall, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the extension educators try to be as well-rounded as possible. So you have growers that will ask you questions. Uh, you might get multiple questions in the same day about weeds or uh, insects or, you know, uh, pasture management or finance, you know, things around finances, business plans. So you have to really know a lot about agriculture um, to be able to, to answer those questions and also know where to go when you don't have the answer right away, but you need to do some research. Um, so myself, I, you know, I would say that obviously I do have a lot of experience working with equipment, um, whether that's, uh, you know, at, you know, large John Deere equipment, uh, for example, or irrigation equipment, but I also have a lot of interest and other topics as well. So things like soil health and sustainability, I would say are more personal uh, interests of mine. Uh, you know, I have an environmental science background and I worked for a soil and water conservation district 
Um, so that's, I would say, an interest of, of mine in, in working with growers who are also like-minded and, and want to try to make some changes in those areas. Um, but then also things like pest management. The extension educators in the state are uh, expected to um, deliver all the educational programming around uh, pest management. Um, so things like having a, you know, cert being a certified pesticide applicator, you know, that's a, a required by the state of Nebraska if you're applying restricted pesticides. So the extension educators are also doing all of that uh, training for farmers and landowners in the state. So uh, being familiar with those types of topics is also uh, really important. That's amazing, Nate. So you also mentioned about Brivo's work with agriculture, technology, and industry as well, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the position and your role with them? Sure. So um, I've had I, my industry experience has primarily been with equipment, and in in doing that, I've had the opportunity opportunity to to learn a lot. So I mentioned that you know growing up, I wasn't necessarily in, that involved in agriculture. Um, so I feel like a lot of my career has actually been I've been almost at a disadvantage in some ways where a lot of my coworkers and others that I work with, um, you know, they grew up in agriculture, their farm, their families still farmed. And, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends during the busy season, a lot of them would go back to the farm and help. And so everything that I know about agriculture and equipment and, and farming in general has, has been things that I've had to, to build and learn uh, after going to school and completing my undergraduate degree. So um, getting hands-on with equipment, riding along with farmers, talking with coworkers, and just taking every opportunity to learn from others um, is really how I've uh, learned everything about the industry. So there's only so much that you can really learn um, from coursework, you know, as an undergraduate or as a master's or a graduate uh, student. Um, a lot of it is, is uh, that I've learned at least is it just been by experience, by asking questions, not being afraid to do that, um, and even learning from uh, my customers or farmers that I have, have the opportunity to work with. That's really neat. Thanks for sharing that with us. I guess from your industry experience, can you tell us what was maybe the most valuable information that you found so far? I would say probably developing relationships. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing. So agriculture is a this is a relationship industry and everything is based on relationships. And a lot of those relationships are, are lifelong. So, you know, you think about, you know, the, a farmer, you know, they typically have a relationship, for example, with an equipment dealer or a seed salesperson. That's, that's usually a lifelong relationship. So it's those building those types of relationships with uh, farmers and the constituents that I've had the opportunity to, to serve um, as an extension educator. Um, Learning how to do that is, is really what I've gained, or I've learned how to do that from my experience in industry and, and seeing how others have been able to cultivate those types of relationships uh, that are really based on trust um, to be able to, to build a relationship that lasts you know, a lifetime. And so that's something that, that I try to do every day um, by providing you know, science-based, research-based information to farmers um, and really being there when they have a question that they, that they need help with. Yeah, I agree that uh, relationships are key to succeed. And it seems that you gave a turn on, on that, right? So are you able to share what made you want to become an extension educator after being in the industry? Sure. So obviously, you know, industry has its perks. 
and you know usually higher salaries and, and things like that that you would see working at a university as an educator. Um, you know, and I loved my time in industry, and, and it, I learned a lot and gained a lot of really valuable experiences. But I've always wanted to be an educator, and I would say that most of the other extension educators at the university um, feel the same way and just have a natural um, inclination to share information and help help others. So that's I would say my motivation to be an extension educator. Um, I really have a passion for learning, uh, but then also turning around and sharing those things that I'm learning with others and helping them improve, um, you know, their business, their operation, um, and also addressing things that they, they need help with. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really interesting kind of take from going from the industry to extension education. And I think you really brought out some good points there. Um, I guess our next question for you is probably more focused back towards how we're kind of using precision agriculture and digital. And I guess what we were wondering is what is your perspective on kind of the forward and the future of digital and precision agriculture? So I think we're at a really interesting time in precision agriculture. And I think that the so one of the things I'm looking forward to the most and seeing what and how it develops is more around automation. I think that's something that's going to be really interesting to watch. I would say over the next 10 years, we will see a lot of changes from equipment manufacturers, whether that's you know tractors, combine sprayers, uh, to even irrigation. So, you know, what does that look like? And having more autonomous equipment, you know, from uh, you know, there's going to be some legal challenges, also some production challenges. Um, just this be some pretty big shifts for farmers in terms of how they manage the logistics of that, transporting equipment between fields, for example, um, servicing equipment that might be more uh, electric versus you know fossil fuel based, um, and then all of the data that that will be collected from those machines and and sensor technology that comes along with that. So I think that's going to be uh, an interesting change in the industry. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting. We'll have to watch and see what happens because I think it's going to be a, a big culture shift for farmers, but also, um, you know, the others in the industry that are you know, servicing equipment and selling equipment and, you know, extension educators like us. How do we help provide uh, programming and education around how to use equipment like that in the future? And you mentioned about this big shift that we are having on the people using, adapting more technology on the field. From your experience, do you see some growers that are interested in trying different technologies, new things to be implemented on the operations? I would say yes and no. And I think that's, you know, the all, it, in agriculture in particular, I think that we have kind of a reputation of maybe being a little bit slow when it comes to adopting new technologies. And Change can be really hard, especially uh, technology. It, it, if you look at the demographics in the agriculture industry, I think it's it's maybe a little more clear why. So I would say, you know, you, the typical age of a farmer in the United States, you know, is, it, you know, 60, 65. Um, and that's typically a, a demographic that's, you know, maybe a little more slow to adopt technology and, and learn new things uh, around technology. Can be kind of intimidating, so I think that's part of the reason um, why change can be be hard sometimes. But I would say that most of the farmers that I work with um, see the value in technology and and wouldn't dispute that. Um, the challenge for them is 
I, I can see the potential. I can see the benefits and why this would be helpful or useful for me. But I just don't have the resources or the right people in, in that are part of my farming business to really implement that. So I'd say that's the biggest challenge or, or hurdle um, in a lot of cases when it comes to growers being interested in trying new technology. Um, in many cases, I would say that they want to they want to know that it's proven and it's going to work. And in some cases, that means watching their neighbors do it first. <laughs> and so it can be it could take some time to to really I would I would say have that one farmer that's willing to try it and maybe fail. Um, and, and but you know then everyone else is going to see what that what, whether they're successful or not, and that's going to influence or impact whether they decide to try something like that. Um, so. I would say that we will get there and technology uh, is, is going to be a, a bigger part of the farm, especially as uh, you know, younger generations start being more involved uh, in, in the farming business and start taking over. Um, so I would say that, you know, following along that 10 year path kind of around that, that I talked about with automation, I think is also the path that we'll see um, more people from a younger generation uh, taking more of a lead in terms of agriculture, agriculture technology, what that looks like. So I guess from the people that you do, or the producers that you do see, um, kind of taking a hold of some of these technologies and wanting to implement them, um, from your perspective, how do you see research like this being implemented on grower operations? So I would say the, the research that that the university does in particular is going to be important. So that I would say that farmers really trust the University of Nebraska, and, and that's, that's a great position to be in. Um, and the role of extension is helping share a lot of that research with farmers as to help them make those types of decisions. Um, so that research might say, yes, there's a benefit to doing this new technology, or you know, no, there's not. Um, you know, but what, what does that look like in terms of, you know, I would say even if, even if it's a no, um, there's always something to be learned. Um, and that always guides research, uh, I, I would say, extends the research question. And so then, you know, we start digging into more things uh, and more variables. So um, I would say that for a lot of the technology uh, to really be successfully adopted, farmers want to know that it's going to work. And the way that we would do that is by having, you know, professors and others that are focused on, on research um, doing some of that um, extension, sharing that information, but then also extension of working with farmers on on-farm research. So um, almost holding a farmer's hands through that research process on their own fields so they, they can see uh, the benefits of that technology for them. Yeah, and I think that's the cool part of this Nebraska Extension program that they can work with the growers because each field would be different, right? So, and see if this technology will be helpful for the grower or not. Mm -hmm. And based on that, what are the most excited about moving forward with the Nebraska Extension and the Nebraska On Farm Research Network? So I would say that the Nebraska um, On Farm Research Network is is a pretty unique um, research program that the University of Nebraska has. It, one in that it's very formalized. So we you know, we have a we have a publication that we uh, put out every year that has the results of on-farm research conducted throughout the state. Um, these are all projects that are done in partnership with growers. So it, it's, it's a pretty unique uh, program. And it actually, you know, whenever I have a, a conversation with a farmer about doing on-farm research, I, I always frame it from the perspective of, 
know, I want to find a, a topic that's of interest to you. So that's going to answer a question that you have. You know, I, I don't want to tell you what to research. I want you to tell me you know, what's the challenge or or topic that you have, or you know, what types of things are are you know seed sales companies or fertilizer companies trying to sell you um, that we can actually do a trial together and figure out whether there's a benefit to this new variety or this new biological product, for example. And then, you know, so that whatever on-farm research that I'm doing isn't just a, a benefit to the university, uh, which it is, but also, you know, directly answering or benefiting the farmer that, that I have the opportunity to work with as well. So um, in that way, I think that that you know we're it's generating useful information for that farmer that we're working with directly but then also all that research information that we're generating with them can then be shared statewide um, to help other farmers who might have the same question or are, are curious about the same topic i think that's such an interesting way how you're kind of connecting with the growers and with the industry as well and doing it not only for the benefit of them but for the benefit of um, growers as a whole so i think that's um, a really neat perspective um, I guess our next question kind of leading into that would be um, because of our focus this season on Nebraska Extension, we want to hear from you what you think makes Nebraska Extension different and what sets it apart from extension programs in other states. So I, I, I've had the opportunity, to, you know, as working in industry to work in different states and I've been able to engage with the extension uh, educators and programs in those states as well. Um, and a lot of states have really great um, extension programs and great uh, employees that are doing you know, really interesting things that are benefiting their stakeholders. But I would say that Nebraska is unique um, in several ways. One, I would say probably the most you know, clear way that stood out to me at least was that educators are not assigned to just one county in Nebraska. The structure of, edu of, of, an, of the extension um, in the state is more around accountability regions, is what we call them. So a lot of our extension educators are assigned to multiple counties. And so, um, you know, for myself, for example, I, I have Dodge and Washington counties, uh, but we have educators that are assigned uh, to, you know, to eight, 12 counties. So they have a, a pretty large area that, that does a couple things. Um, one, it makes sure that we have uh, someone that that can answer questions and help producers in all counties throughout the state. Um, so that, you know, for example, if an educator or someone were to leave a, a county, sometimes it can be really difficult to hire an extension educator in, in some of the more rural areas of the state. Um, so that we always have someone that's, that's assigned to answer those questions and to help um, the, the stakeholders in that area. Um, two, I would say that, that it also opens up some opportunity for more funding for each educator, um, because they're not just you know one county. We have larger areas that we're focused on. I think that that does provide um, some more funds for doing extension programs and things like workshops and clinics, uh, but also things like research uh, programs that we can conduct uh, in those in those areas um, that are maybe not as common when you when you're only assigned to one county and, and have more limited amount of funds that are available to you. Um, I would say that the second is that University of Nebraska, or the third, I guess, would be that the University of Nebraska is, um, has a lot of support internally for extension. So that would be you know, the faculty and professors 
uh, you know, that might be based in Lincoln or some of the research centers throughout the state. Um, I would say really value extension. Uh, a lot of times they often have extension appointments as well. Um, so they have some responsibilities in the area of extension. Um, but then we also have a lot of support from, you know, finance teams and other teams that help us, uh, you know, apply for grants, um, things like that, that are really helpful, um, that provide a lot of support for the educators that are throughout the state. Yeah, that's great. And I, I would like to add one more question on the top of this one, because you mentioned in the beginning of the, the interview, some experience on the background that you had in South Africa, Brazil, Australia. How do you see these countries in comparison to U.S. in terms of digital eggs ad adoptions? You know, it's, uh, I would say digital ag adoption in a lot of countries is, is not as far behind as I think that we would often think. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of really great farmers and very knowledgeable people in a lot of uh, other countries that I've had the opportunity to work with. Um, some of who know way more than I do about equipment and technology. And so it's always, you know, I, I would say a pleasure to work with, you know, people in, in some of these other areas as well. And I think that in some ways, uh, because of their infrastructure limitations, you know, they're maybe not as well connected, maybe they don't have, um, you know, as good of roads and, and reliable power or cell connections, things like that. They're often, you know, very creative and inventive in, in coming up with solutions to those types of problems, which um, we don't always have in, in North America or, or the United States. And so in, in some ways there, are, I would say there's even more of an entrepreneurial spirit and even more innovation that sometimes happens in those areas because of the, the environment that they're in and that they're more limited. So they have to be really creative to, to find some solutions to problems. Thank you for that perspective. I. I guess that's really interesting to me because I've never thought about it from from a global view. So thank you for that. Um, I guess what we have kind of next is, is there anything that we didn't ask or talk about that you would like to share before we kind of wrap up this episode? Uh, I can't think of anything. Okay. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job covering all the topics here, Nate. But with that, we would like to ask you, where can our listeners go to learn more if they are interested or if they have more questions arise about anything we talked today? Do you have a website or something that you would like to share? Sure. So I would say the university has a lot of different resources. Of course, you know, FarmBits is one resource. That's great. You know, I, I listen to the podcast episodes myself. Um, and always enjoy learning new information. From the extension side, um, there, there are a few different resources. So one is CropWatch. Um, that's kind of the, I would say, a more informal resource of source of information, almost like a blog. Um, so if you go to cropwatch.unl.edu, there, there's a really great website. Uh, so I would say regular articles are published there, usually about you know, emerging topics. So things like, oh, this last week we had a freeze, you know, how do you evaluate your corn for freeze damage? That, that was a recent topic that was just published there um, because of some of the cooler, te cooler temperatures we had in Nebraska this spring. Uh, but you know, also topics around weed management or emerging insect problems. Uh, there's also the CropWatch podcast. Uh, I would say for more uh, formal uh, publications that, that Extension publishes, um, extension.unl.edu is probably the source there. There is a button on that website that says find an answer. And uh, there's a, there's a really great resource there to find publications like NevGuys, 
that are more peer reviewed. Um, so they're more formalized. You, you typically, there's multiple extension educators or, or professors at the university that put those together um, around topics like soil fertility, in, uh, insect or weed disease management, topics like that, um, that are really great resources that, that individuals have spent a lot of time putting together. Um, and then I would say a third uh, that, that uh, myself and a few other extension educators are working on specifically around technology um, is we're launching a new program called Smart Machinery uh, that will be based solely around technology, um, precision agriculture. Uh, so that will be smartmachinery.farm and that will have uh, a lot of information around equipment and irrigation, drones, uh, pretty much anything around uh, agriculture technology. So that's a, a pretty exciting program that we're just getting off the ground this season. Okay, thank you for sharing that with us. I have one last question for you, and it is, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for producers in any location that might want to get involved in the extension systems, whether that be in Nebraska or other states? Yeah, so I would say that extension educators, we we really love the opportunity opportunity to work with, with uh, producers throughout the state. So I would say that producers want to get involved. Uh, I would say that the extension educators would, would welcome that with open arms. And there's a few different reasons uh, why. I would say that extension educators, you know, we're really great facilitators. Um, we like to, to organize and, and you know, have programs. But uh, I would say that farmers in general, in my experience working with, with farmers you know, throughout the country and, and in Nebraska, um, they relate much better to other farmers than they do to extension educators or researchers at the university. They value the information that we have, but I would say that they that they um, they trust the information more from experience that they they hear from other farmers. So um, I would love to have it, and I'm sure that more educators in in the, as part of Nebraska Extension would also like it if we had more farmers that were willing to participate in those types of programs to share their experiences, whether that's adopting new technology or experiences with pest management or, you know, weed management, whatever the case might be, um, to share those experiences with other growers. I think that creates a much stronger learning experience for others to see um, what their neighbors are doing. That's great. And is there any specific tools that you guys been promoting on that region, on your county, that the growers might be looking for? I don't think that we've really launched or have much of a centralized effort yet, but you know, I think that we are, we've done a lot of formal programs. So, you know, where people come into the office or a meeting space and you know, we have a presentation, but I think that we, we also want to try to do more informal type of learning opportunities opportunities as well. So that might include something like, um, you know, there's an emerging insect in Nebraska, soybean gall midge, um, that has had a lot of concern um, throughout the state. Um, so, you know, watching for that insect, but could there be an opportunity to have something like a, you know, almost like a impromptu field tour? Hey, we found it at this field. This farmer is willing to let everyone come in, take a look, so we can you can see what the symptoms look like, you can see what this looks like, so that you know what to watch for, um, and that farmer can then share his experience in terms of you know this is you know, this is what I've seen, this is how I've been trying to manage it, here's what's worked, here's what hasn't worked. So I think that having opportunities like that, uh, more informal learning opportunities, opportunities is something that myself and uh, a lot of the other educators would really like to, to pursue. Um, it just uh, it takes having 
know, good relationships and, and farmers that, that also want to be able to, you know, to share their experience with others. Thank you very much to Nate Dursey for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to see the efforts between growers and Nebraska Extension on advancing agriculture with digital technologies. I would have to agree. I'd love Nate's unique perspective on the adoption of such technologies within agriculture today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another Nebraska Extension story with you next week on Farm Bits. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.